Hello and welcome to the Cafe Binge podcast to all my beautiful friends, my glow tribe, to everyone listening who's been led here. I'm so happy you're here. For today's episode, I just wanted to kind of slow things down and just do a off-the-cuff Q&A episode. So yesterday I put out a little question box on Instagram and I asked you guys to send me your questions, anything, everything, any question that you had from beauty to spirituality to intuition to skincare, aesthetics, just anything. And I got hundreds of responses. Um, Of those, I of course got the token bot answers you guys, I have had it. I've had it with the questions and all of these bots like coming through. There are so many beautiful parts of social media, like so many, so many positives. I'm so happy to connect with everyone I've connected with. But the part that I don't love and like that is nails on a chalkboard to me is all of the like monetizing everything and turning everything into an algorithm and um, everyone becomes like really aggressive in their sales pitch and really like schemey and scammy. It's so sad to me. It's so sad to me that everything kind of has a shadow side, right? Everything has an opposing side. There's opposition to everything. So I guess all of the beautiful parts that I love about social media also have a shadow. So I am going to just, like I said, off the cuff, read through some of these questions and just answer. Like I haven't read through these before. I hope that it comes across cohesively, but the questions are going to be like popcorn questions, just bouncing around from one thing to the next. But let's get into it. Let's just have some fun. I just wanted to do a low-key podcast because, you guys, it's so interesting that since quarantine has hit and with all of this COVID-19 madness, I've just been called to do less. And by less, I mean before this hit, I had this like lineup of things that I was going to do and accomplish and launch, courses and projects and All of those kind of got put on the back burner, not because of what was happening around me per se, but just the energy shift. And every time I thought about doing something on that list, the answer was no. The answer was wait. The answer was slow down. Like I can't even tell you how many times I was just randomly picking like a tarot card. And the tarot card that I got was the hermit, just like slow down, quiet down, be by yourself, be a hermit because that's when the answers come. And so all of the interviews that I've had lined up for the show, I've also pushed back. And so I want to be so appreciative to everyone who has been flexible with me, all of the wonderful people that I had interviews with, but I push back. I know that the timing is always right. And if the universe is telling me, wait, then that's what I commit to. More than anything, you guys, I want to commit to intuition. More than any rule or system or society that tells you like you have to hustle and you have to put in the hours and you have to do this and this and this. And to be successful requires A, B, and C. I throw that out the window. And 
commit to intuition 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 and to seeking alignment before I take any action so yeah like I said all of my tarot cards were like the hermit quiet down slow down go within be alone um at one point I remember asking like which of these three projects should I put time and energy into which one should launch and I was choosing from this like angel oracle deck and ask my questions, like set this um, intentional prayer, picked my cards, and each of the responses was no, not at this time, and wait. Like I couldn't even make it up. I've talked about this issue, not an issue, but with my dear friend Katie Calder, um, the human design lady, and she says the same. It's been so interesting to see how many people have the same message coming through to just wait, to slow down. I think as humans, we're so freaking scared of slowing down and we're so scared of the silence. Like we busy ourselves because the silence freaks us out and we feel like we can only be accomplished and feel good about ourselves if we are busy, 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 busy and like hustling and we really glorify and idolize busy right and so I think that's one of the lessons like a major lesson coming from this global pandemic is to slow down like slow down be quiet be with your thoughts get to know your soul and wait some of the most beautiful experiences that I've had during the quarantine period have just been putting away my phone, putting my phone in a drawer. Like my sock drawer is a famous place. I throw my phone when I don't want to see it. I'll put my phone in the sock drawer and I'll just be alone. Like be alone with my thoughts, with the energy, slow down my mind so I'm not even thinking anything. I'll go outside and just stare, like stare at grass, stare at flowers, stare at a tree. And I know it sounds wild and crazy because... We're taught that we don't do that, that that's a waste of time. It's a waste of time to just stare at blades of grass. Like I know it sounds silly and stupid, but it's really caused me to re-examine my thoughts and my own shoulds and my own limitations, my own limiting beliefs, because the things that I teach, the things that I teach my clients, the things that I teach in courses are to... Get rid of all of the shoulds, get rid of the conditioning and become this quantum being who no longer has to live by the rules that society mandate for us, right? Meaning like you can only be successful if you do this and this and this. And I don't believe that in the abundance course that I teach. It's all about seeking alignment and attracting and allowing more abundance in our life and hustling less, like doing less busy work and allowing the natural flow of well-being that's always available to us, just like allowing it to flow to you and doing the work to release any blocks you have to that stream of abundance and well-being flowing. So it's been so cool that we've had this time that's really caused us to like be uncomfortable and then to question that discomfort and to see where the story is, what the story is, why are we feeling uncomfortable, like what's what's coming up in the silence, 
why does it feel unproductive to just go outside and lay on the grass and stare at the clouds? Like, why is that unproductive? Why is that called lazy? Why don't we believe that we can accomplish more by doing less? I know that this has been a time that's been uncomfortable and I think that's the point. Like, I believe so much in divine timing and in a divine plan for each of us, for our planet. Like, I think it's been a beautiful time for Earth to recharge, to reset, to heal from all of the ways that humans torture Earth. Like, we are not kind to Earth. I think that's pretty well known. I think it's been a time for us to reset with us, to slow down and to be kinder to ourselves, to quiet our minds, to as much as we can turn off that ego and just lead with our souls because our souls aren't worried. Our souls aren't worried about the time. Our souls love just being present. Like our souls are perfect presence. So when we're outside and we are sitting by a tree and just like in awe over how beautiful a tree is, that's our soul because our soul is so curious and in awe of everything and resides in this perfect like loving presence. Like that's the work. And so I think it's so cool if even for a little bit we can just slow down and like be with the scary thoughts, be with the scary feelings, take more baths, read more books, be outside more, slow down more, and like challenge the hustle. Just like if you learn one thing from this podcast episode, which I have gone on a huge tangent on at this point, challenge the hustle. Challenge your mind that tells you you should be doing something. Because in all actuality, there's nothing you should be doing. Like everything is okay. Everything is happening in the perfect time. And if something isn't happening in the present moment, you don't need to think about it. You don't need to think about it. Exist in the present moment, moment by moment, minute by minute. Just be present and everything works out. I think a lot of fear is coming up throughout this time. Fear of money, fear of finances, fear of the unknown because we don't know what next week or next month will look like. And I, again, I think it's like, a really cool time if we're mindful enough to do it and brave enough to do it to challenge the fear, to challenge all of those scarcity thoughts that now we're screwed, now the economy is screwed, now life is screwed, our summer plans are. Like when that's not true and that doesn't have to be true and maybe, maybe things will have never been better for you after this. Maybe your finances will be better. Maybe you'll finally find your dream job. Maybe the world will have never been better and you have never been healthier. Like, what about the magic that can come from this? Challenge all of those thoughts because you don't know what's going to happen and you can make anything happen. You don't have to believe the stories that the media, that the news, that social media are telling you like mainstream media is not the authority on life. They're just not. They're absolutely not. And they're so driven by fear. You get to tell a whole new story and you can exist in a whole new paradigm and it can be one that served you like nothing has before. Maybe throughout this time, you really figure out your passion. You figure out what you want to do for a job, for a career, Maybe you figure out how to truly tap into abundance. 
and you come out of this like never before. Like you're so abundantly charged. You have so much prosperity. Just imagine the best case scenario. If you're going to use your imagination to either scare you or imagine the best case scenario, imagine the best case scenario. Like if you're going to waste energy using your imagination, always have it be for the absolute best case scenario, one where it feels absolutely magical. So again, that was the biggest tangent to get us into the Q&A episode. I'm so appreciative to all of the people that I have interviews with that are lined up that are just being very flexible and people who understand that the timing is always divine. Always, always, always. So a bunch of cool interviews are coming up for you guys when the timing is right. Just always trust the timing as well as things that I'm putting out, courses I'm producing. I can't tell you how many messages I receive asking about the abundance course, when that's going to come out. And people asking for Glow Binge to come out again, my first like skincare beauty glow course. And my answer is always the same, like when my intuition says it is. I don't know. Like I I have no clue just like you guys don't. I have no clue when the courses are going to come out. I just know that the answer has been wait, wait, wait. And so I've been waiting and sitting in the silence and the timing will be perfect when it is. So with all of that said, without further ado, let's get into the questions. All right, the first question. I'm going to get through as many of these as I can, you guys. Um, The first question is, what inspired you to start a podcast? And were you scared to start? Okay, so I don't feel like a podcaster. I don't feel like having a Apple iTunes top 10 podcast is an aspiration at all. It feels like I have a podcast. And the way that it came together was very... Hmm, how do I say this? It was almost an afterthought. I one day mentioned to my husband, maybe I'll start a podcast. That's all I said. Like, maybe I'll start a podcast just for fun. Like, that's it, just for fun. And my husband at the time, and he still does, he has a podcast. And so when I said that, he was like such a sweetheart and he got me all of the podcasting equipment. And because he knew a lot about podcasts, he was able to help me set it up to set up like my domain and everything like that to find a hosting site and then my amazing cafe binge intro song i have so many of you guys have asked about it it's an original song and it was written for the podcast it was written for me and my husband's one of his best friends is the person that wrote it and performed it and it's perfect like my husband told his friend the different musics i loved and the different inspiration I pull from and just different artists, different genres, different time periods that I loved. And his friend came back with this and like the song is me and the song is absolutely the podcast. So I wasn't scared because I don't think I took it that seriously, if that makes sense. Because I've never aspired for it to be anything bigger than something that's fun for me and that hopefully helps you guys who are listening. All I've ever wanted the podcast to be is something that felt like community, that helped people to 
feel less alone to help people on their path of curiosity, spirituality, figuring out beauty, figuring out different topics that are interesting for me to learn about. And honestly, one of my biggest things is in life to find the medicine and share the medicine. Like that's my mantra, find the medicine, share the medicine. What I want for me, I want for everyone. So if I've found something that totally lights my that totally lights me up, I want to share it and I want you guys to have it if it resonates with you. If I found something that has helped me to heal in a certain way, I want that for you. What I want for me, I want for everyone. Like I never want to be like clingy to anything that I learn or come across. And so I just want to share it. So that's all the podcast is to me. That's all I want it to be. I just want it to help. I want it to be helpful and I want it to be fun for me. If the podcast is ever not fun, I don't do it. If I don't want to record one day because it doesn't sound fun, I don't do it. There's absolutely no shooting with my podcast. Like, it's fun or I don't do it. <laughs> I hope that answered your question. Um, okay, next question. Thoughts on calorie counting? Um, I am 10,000% against calorie counting. Just like I'm against any type of diet or diet mentality or food labeling or counting anything, honestly, counting like macros, counting fats, counting carbs, counting meals, I don't know, counting anything, I'm just not a fan of. I think there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear in the food industry, the wellness, the diet industry, and it's hard to have a good relationship with food if you're fearing any part of it. And for years and years and years and years, we've been conditioned to read calorie numbers, right? Like I'm sure you grew up with a mom or with a sister or a friend or someone who was actively like reading calorie information or like mentally taking a checklist of like oh that banana is probably this many calories and like looking things up to see how many calories there are I don't believe in that at all I believe when your body is in a state of fear and if that's even subconscious fear it's not going to digest or metabolize food well I think our minds are very powerful so if you think that something is going to make you fat then that's not a very good place to start. I think that the thought of something making you fat could make you fat just because you're fearing it, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think anything is bad. I don't think carbs are bad. I think the fear of carbs is not a good thing. I think the fear of fat is not a good thing. I think the fear of calories is the problem. And so, no, I don't believe in calorie counting. I don't calorie count. I think if people look at what I eat every day, they'd probably think like, holy, like you eat tons of like, I don't know, carbs or fats from avocados or I don't know what people would think, but I don't ascribe to what people think or what society tells you you should be doing. Like I said, intuition above everything. So even if that's any kind of food label, including plant-based and vegan, because a lot of people know that I love a plant-based diet. Like I feel so good eating plants, but I also know that any kind of label is so damaging, like so damaging. And so people will send me DMs being like, 
how do I get my husband to eat plant-based? Or if you're eating plant-based, do you ever crave like X, Y, or Z? And like, you can't get anyone to eat anyway. Like, why would you want to get someone to eat the way that you eat? And like, why are you holding to this label more than you are holding to health, right? So like, if someone needs to eat meat medicinally or eggs medicinally or any type of dairy product because their intuition is telling them to, the fear of the label of being vegan or plant-based or whatever, I think clinging to a label is so based in our minds. Whereas our intuition knows everything and it knows what your body needs. And so if you're unwilling to eat something because your mind says no, but your intuition is telling you to eat something else, that's where I see the problem. There's so much fear with food, right? And so what I do and what I do with clients and in a new course I'll be coming out with is getting rid of the fear and the limitations and all of the subconscious reprogramming when it comes to food. Like I can't even tell you the last time I thought about looking at a calorie count. Like I don't. If I turn around and read a label, it's because I want to know how many freaking chemicals they put in the food, right? Like I love minimal ingredients. But as far as calories, like no, none at all. I think what I would be working on is erasing fear around food. So instead of focusing on calories or a diet or like a meal plan or a lifestyle change, quote unquote, focus on fear. Focus on fear around food and then striving to live intuitively and your intuition will tell you everything. It will tell you everything and it'll tell you the way that your body would most thrive. There's a book that I really love. Um, I think it's by Mark David. Mark David? Um, I'm going to have to Google that, but it's called The Slow Down Diet. I don't really love that he used the words diet, but it's very anti-diet and it's mostly talking about all of the ways in which we bring fear to the dinner table. Like we approach our dinner plates in so much fear, right? Even if we don't know it, even if it's subconscious. And he talks all about what that does to the body, that it matters so much less what we eat than how we eat it. Like what metabolic state is your body in when you are eating food? So like I said, no, like hard no on calorie counting. It creates so much unnecessary fear and stress. Like it just does. Any type of tracking or counting does that to me. My hope is to teach everyone, like anyone who's interested, how to like truly intuitive eat. I feel like when you're living intuitively and you're eating intuitively, you're in your most perfect ideal health and your mind and the stories surrounding food just like melt away and you're no longer a prisoner to food. Like I don't think that food was ever meant to be a math equation. Wellness was never meant to be calculated, right? Like tracking things and subtracting the amount consumed by the amount working out and blah, 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 blah. Like I just in my heart of hearts don't think that that's how it was meant to be, right? You look at a baby or toddler, whatever, whatever age before we start getting the stories and like conditioning within us. But if you look at a baby, a baby eats when it's hungry, right? It stops when it's full. A toddler will tell you what it wants to eat and it stops when it's full. Like 
I don't see a ton of toddlers overeating. I think that intuitively from childhood, we know how to eat. We know how to eat when we're hungry and what would sound good. I don't think we give kids enough freedom to tell us when they're hungry because from a young age, we're told that like, oh, it's 11 a.m. It's time for this or like it's one. It's time for lunch at 5 p.m. We eat dinner and like you're going to sit at your dinner plate until it's all gone. I think we're robbed from that intuitive nature that tells us like, I'm not really hungry. It's five. It might be dinner time, but I'm not hungry right now. Like maybe at six, I will be right. But instead we're told like, no, we're, you have to eat. We're sitting down right now and you have to eat and you have to finish whatever's on your plate. Like eat three more bites of that where we lose, we lose this gift of intuition that we have. I think if you like, lessen the hold on the reins, your kids are going to tell you when they're hungry. That was a big, huge, long tangent. I hope that answered your question. I think focus less on calories or labels or anything and focus on coming to your dinner plate with like so much love and feeding your body the things that are going to help it feel so vibrant and lit up, like just like happy and light and bright, like clean, clear, bright. My intuition loves that. My soul loves that. I think when our bodies are clean, clear, and bright, I think that we can better hear our intuition, better hear our soul's message. Okay, let's move on to another question. Um, Let's see. Okay. I struggle with the worst acne. I feel like I've tried everything. Advice on just embracing flaws. Okay, so first, I think if you've tried everything, I would say go within. Like if you've tried every single external product, you have exfoliated your face until it's raw. And if you have tried every skincare product, read every magazine article. If you've tried everything, go within. And when I say go within, I would say look to your diet. Look to see if there's anything you're eating that is causing inflammation in the body. Our face, our skin is so tied to our gut's health. And so if we're inflamed within, then our skin is going to look inflamed. Our skin is just this roadmap telling us what's going on inside of us. Like, because our say our kidney can't tell us like, hey, I'm kind of struggling. It's going to show up on our skin. And so when we see our skin acting crazy, it's my cue that something is going on inside. If I have a breakout, it's so easy to want to like attack your skin and feel betrayed by your skin, but it's doing its job and it's telling you something is going on. There's an imbalance going on. And so when I have that, I look to what I've been eating and not about like good foods, bad foods, fattening foods, like vegan foods, like all of these labels. I just mean, is there something I've been eating that I can like intuitively do a gut check and see, is that causing some inflammation? Notice what you eat. Like if you eat something and your stomach starts acting like crazy after, and it starts like feeling like, like a witch's brew, (laughs) then that's telling you like, wow, this is, it's having a hard time digesting this. I know for me, like I can't even tell you, I think I've showed this before, but I love popcorn so much. Like I love popcorn always, but I know that my body does not like popcorn. Like I just know it. 
but I love it. Like I love tasting it, eating it. So if my skin is acting up, I can like look back on the past couple days and usually I'll have one of those like inflammatory foods that's been a frequent part of my diet. And so I'll know, okay, that's upsetting my system. So I look to the foods like dairy is a huge one, caffeine, processed sugars, corn, soy, like, I mean, I'm not gonna like put fear into your head about what foods are bad or good because there's nothing good or bad. It just is. Different bodies react differently. So I would say look within, go within, look to the food. Like how much caffeine are you drinking? Are you drinking a ton of soda? Diet soda with like fakey sugar in it. Are you drinking a ton of coffee? Are you eating a ton of processed sugars and proteins? Like I look at these like protein bars bars that people are just like pounding and there's so much crap in there. There just is. And so I would say just go simple, like go simple, try to eat whole foods even. And I'm not saying like plant-based, just eat whole foods, eat real foods. Try to stay away from anything that's super processed. If you're trying to figure out what's causing the skin freak out, just go back to like whole real foods, just whatever those are. Something that I love doing is just eating like mono meals. If I'm having a skin freak out, if my digestive system is going bonkers, I just eat a mono meal, meaning like maybe that meal, all I'll eat is like a whole bunch of sweet potatoes or whatever it is, whatever I'm intuitively drawn to because our body can digest things so much better I feel when it is alone. I think when we start combining all of these things, it has a really hard time digesting. And so if I'm having a hard time, if my body's having a hard time, sometimes I'll just do like a mono meal, like for a meal, for a few meals, for a couple days, whatever my intuition is telling me. So I'd say go within, look to what you're eating. Like maybe it's dairy, like dairy causes a lot of inflammation, Um, So maybe lay off dairy, lay off caffeine, lay off processed sugars, soy, gluten, corn, whatever it is, do an intuitive gut check, see what's going on. And then I would say go within and look to the stress going on in your life. I can't even like, I can't even explain how much stress does to the body, how much like havoc stress and fear causes within the body like so 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 much that's why they say like fear and stress are the biggest killers they just are they cause your body to break down and so if you're stressed out put away your phone put away anything that's causing the stress and learn how to reduce the stress within your body I don't know what that means for you. You could develop a meditation practice. It could be more like calming and relaxing time spent in nature, spent alone, spent in the bathtub, taking a shower. Just times where you can check out and stop the thing that's stressing you out. For me, I'm just using the phone example because that's what stresses me out. I like get so stressed out with people messaging me. So I'll put my phone away. And I'll take a moment for myself and I'll try to get in touch with me and ask myself, what's stressing us? Like, what is going on? And like, what is the story there? Okay, so it's this person messaging me that's stressing me out. Well, I don't owe this person anything. They don't like, 
deserve a response. They don't deserve all of my time right now. I can get back to them when it's convenient and healthy for me, right? Like I get stressed over like emailing people back or texting or DMing people back. But the truth is that people like don't own your time. You can get back to people when it is convenient for you. And so I'll put away my phone. I'll get into the bathtub. I'll throw in some Epsom salts. I'll like play music or just have it be silent and like light a candle and stare at the candle. Like doing a candle meditation where you just stare at the flame is super, super cathartic for me. So I would say figure out what the stressors are in your life and then figure out how to come at them in a different way whether that's removing the stressor, whether that is putting up a boundary, whether that is learning how to approach it differently, having a different story in your head about it. So I'd look at that and I'd also look at trauma. So I feel like if we have unresolved trauma, we hold it in our bodies, we hold it in different organs. And I think that trauma and trapped emotions within our body that we've never expressed can then turn into a dis-ease or some type of physical expression. And I know that sounds crazy and woo, but I believe it with my whole heart. If I ever launch Glow Binge again, I would recommend that any of you guys who haven't taken it to get in on the course because I go deep into this kind of stuff on figuring out the trauma and the stress and the trapped emotions we hold within our body and how to come at our skincare and our health and our beauty regimens with so much intuition. I know that sounds kind of ambiguous, but I hope that that answer helps. If you've tried everything, then go within. Like, go within. And I would say do that before you've tried everything. Like, I'm the first to say and like as an esthetician a master esthetician products are great like skincare products are great it's so fun for me to use different products but that's not where the magic is that's not like where the glow up is it's in doing the inner work it's in getting the inside right and the outer shell will follow suit so i look at stress i look at trauma and emotion trapped in the body and i look at diet like and how much rest you're getting how much sleep you're getting Start taking a very holistic approach and seeing the body as a whole and how different systems affect different systems. If you want to learn more about gut health, skin health, look to the podcast episode with both Celeste Thomas and the beauty chef, Carla Oates. They both get into skin health and gut health and how important those are and how just like interconnected and tied they are. Okay, next question. Um, your hair, how do you keep it so shiny? It's so sweet. Um, okay, let me think. I take Super U. Sorry, I take Super Hair. I also take Super U. But I take Super Hair by Moon Juice, which I'm obsessed with. And I love taking Super U and Super Hair. And they just came out with a new one called Super Beauty that I've just started taking. Um, but I love that Moon Juice is all about adaptogens and adaptogens' ability to reduce stress in the body, to manage stress hormone levels in the body. And so I know for me, when I shed hair, it's because I'm stressed. Like I can grow hair fine, but I lose it when I'm stressed. And so taking Super U, which helps to balance all that stress in my body has been like key. So my tips are Super Hair um, by Moon Juice. I also drink nettle tea 
like a mother. Like I drink nettle tea at least every morning, like a huge, huge, huge mug of nettle tea. I get loose leaf nettle tea, super high in B vitamins, but I've noticed when I drink my nettles, my hair grows like a weed. So nettles. Um, And then I also love Olaplex number three. It's a hair mask and I use that at least once a week, usually twice. And then sometimes I'll keep it in all day where I'll get my hair wet in the morning, towel dry, and then I'll put in Olaplex number three and I'll just put my hair in like a bun and keep it there all day long and then rinse it out that night or even wait till the next morning and just (laughs) let my hair marinate and all of that amazingness. And then what else? As far as a hair serum, I love the oil from Unite. Unite hair. Um, it's the best. It's to me, feels like it's like very healing to the hair. So I love Olaplex's oil, but I love that Unite's come in a larger bottle. Olaplex's bottle of oil is so small (laughs) and I like lather that stuff on. And what I do is I like take a few pumps or a couple pumps of the oil and then instead of like swiping it on my hair, I grab fistfuls of hair and kind of like use my hands to pump it through. So I'm like squeezing the oil into my hair rather than just wiping it on, if that makes sense. I like really want it to like get in there and infuse it. So yeah, those are my tips for hair. And then just getting enough fat. Sorry, I should say that. You guys, I eat so much fat in the forms of avocados, nuts, um, oils like coconut oil, avocado oil, olive oil. I eat tons of olives. I eat, um, what else do I eat? Just tons of fat. And I feel like if you have enough fat, your skin is going to look better. Your hair is going to be healthier. So eating enough fat. Next question um, is, what is your story of transitioning out of aesthetics and into what you do now? Okay, so I did aesthetics for, I'm 30 now. And I went to aesthetic school when I was 19 and I, for like eight years, did eyelash extensions as my career. And I did eyelash extensions like back when people didn't know what that was. Like I remember telling people in the early days what I did and they were like, huh? Like no one had eyelash extensions, which is hard to believe. So I did eyelash extensions for years. And throughout that time, I also worked at a medical spa doing like laser hair removal I also worked at like a spa spa, like a hair salon and spa and did aesthetics treatments there. And I did aesthetics for a long time and eventually I got burnt out and eventually I learned that everything that I had been taught in aesthetic school no longer resonated and not everything, but a lot of things. I think in aesthetic school, you're taught that in order to create really youthful skin, you have to damage your skin through like chemical pills or whatever it is, like really kind of invasive things. You you damage the skin so then the natural healing comes in. Like if you get a cut and your body figures out how to heal itself, right? Like that's very innate within us. And I, I just didn't, I didn't resonate with it anymore. I didn't, I didn't think that the energy of hurting your body to heal it made sense like it just didn't resonate and I just thought there has to be another way like if I want to promote healing and wellness why am I attacking it um and so I just thought it felt very harsh and I also got really into like 
ooh, like metaphysical um, spirituality. And I loved books like Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. And really, really, really resonated with the idea that we hold emotion within us. And if we have all these trapped emotions that we never express, they manifest in our body as dis-ease. And so I started seeing the skin like that, that it wasn't just like this organ that was like ruining my life when I had a breakout. It was trying to tell me something, whether that was something about the food I was eating or maybe it was energy, like an energy block that needed to be released. And so I've always been like very woo, very mystical, very spiritual. And so I started looking at the body as this spiritual system, right? It wasn't just physical. Everything turned into spirituality. And I started figuring out how to play in the world of spirituality and what that meant for my body. And I started seeing changes with like how I held myself with like weight on my body, with my hair, with my skin and like how glowy I was. And I noticed people asking me what I was doing and I felt really embarrassed that I didn't have an answer that was like, well, it's this product and it's this regimen because that was like my aesthetics brain you know, thinking about like, well, what am I doing? And I realized that the common denominator in like my image and what people wanted to know from me, it was all doing the inner work. It was all the inner work. And like any type of like product or makeup, makeup, it's just icing on the cake, but it doesn't really matter. It it just didn't matter. And so when people would message me and ask for advice on which product to use, like, I didn't really know what to say because I was like, okay, well, I really like this product. Like, this is great, but like, it's not going to solve your problem. Like, you've got to get to the root cause of what's going on. If you've struggled with eczema your whole life, like, you can't just get a cream and make it go away because what happens when you stop using the cream? Like, it'll come back. It'll come back because you're dealing with the symptoms. You're not dealing with the root cause of what's going on. Like, let's deal with the root cause. And that is where like energy and spirit and emotion and diet come in. And so I just want to, wanted to help people more with this in this realm of beauty. So I started intuitive beauty. And so I had learned different training, different healing modalities. I just learned and learned and learned and learned and absorbed it and was then able to help people to help clients through different blocks that I had been in. I hope that answers your question. I just, yeah, aesthetics felt fun, but it felt like a cheaper version of what really needed to happen, if that makes sense. Okay, next question. Okay, do you remember your dreams? Yes, I do, and my dreams are wild, like wild, wild, wild. I'm of the mind that our dreams are important and if you start giving importance to them and you start trying to read the messages within dreams and writing them down in the morning your dreams will get very wild and more will be communicated to you within those dreams if that makes sense so yes I have lots of dreams they're pretty wild and pretty magical to be honest um next question What is the best way to implement spirituality in your daily life? 
Okay, so I think I'm like so not into labels. I hope you guys know that by now. And I think there's this huge label on spirituality and what it means to be spiritual. And I think we can like really simplify it when we just say be present. Like our spirit is presence. And so if you can really figure out how to be present to where your mind isn't thinking anything. You're just noticing. I love the book um, Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And it's all about that. And all of Eckhart Tolle's book. is It's just all about being present and being the awareness. Like our souls are the awareness. I hope this is making sense. If not, go read Michael Singer's book, um, Untethered Soul. But it's all about just being present and being aware and I didn't realize this I have this spiritual like teacher I work with and she kept telling me that like Amy intuition is presence like you are intuitive when you are in the present moment and so that's been my focus this year and I didn't realize how often I wasn't in the present moment I was constantly thinking about like the next day or the hour ahead of me or what was going to happen when this happened or I don't know I think we spin out of the present moment so often our imaginations go wild and we're no longer in the present moment when our minds are in control when our egos are in control in the present moment your ego can exist but in your egoic mind your intuition can exist so I would say like my biggest tip is just to be present and see what comes. Like be present and focus on that alignment with your soul. Focus on getting as close as you can to your soul and then see what comes from that. Like see what messages come. It can be you're sitting with yourself and you're being present. I mean, I think that's why people meditate is so they can practice presence, right? And when you're in that meditative state and you're just focused on being in the present, when you're only focused on your breath going in and out, then like intuitive messages can come and pings can come. And when I've been focused only on the present moment, that's when like full on downloads will come and like visions and like very spiritual experiences, but it all starts in the present moment. So I'd say be present, like get quiet go into nature. I can't even, I think people think I'm just like being like airy fairy when I'm talking about nature, but like get to nature, go barefoot into nature, get as close to nature as you can. Like put your bare feet on it, put your palms on it, like lay down in the grass, like put your feet in some dirt. I can't even explain how grounding this is and how it brings us back to center. Like we're so far from our core all of the time. So get quiet, be present, get back to nature and then see what messages come from that because messages can come in the form of like what book, like what book to read next and spiritual teachers can come, Um, an idea will come, a spark will come to reach out to a certain person or to follow a certain person or different words will come. I've had so many random words come into my head that I don't even know what they mean And so I'll just make a note like in my journal, like look up this word later and I will. And it's wild what comes. It's wild what comes. When you're in the present moment, you can notice like all of the messages coming to you from whatever you believe, from God, from angels, from spirit guides, like whatever your belief is, 
messages can come when you're in the present moment, when you're noticing, when you notice the numbers coming, like synchronistic angel numbers, when an animal comes and there's a certain message in that or a rainbow or a butterfly or a word on a billboard, but it's all about being in the present moment. So I'd say focus on presence. All right, next question. I feel like my voice is giving out. I've been talking more than I thought I would. Um, the next question is, when did you learn about all of the conspiracy theories and did you believe them? You guys, this is so funny to me. I still need to do a conspiracy theory podcast episode. I think I'm going to do it with maybe four people. Like there'll be four of us talking about it. I think it could be fun. So that's in the works. Um, what I'm going to say is that I'm very open-minded and I think the second you close your mind off to what could be possible, you stop yourself from progressing. Like, that's just it. I love the book Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. I've talked about it before. She's this Indian woman who died. She died and she came back and she talks about what happened on the other side. And one of her biggest pieces of advice was to stay open, like stay open to everything because when you let your mind dictate what's possible, then you stop progressing. Like my mind has been so expanded to like quantum ways of thinking in that anything is possible, my perspective is constantly maybe. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe if someone brings up a conspiracy theory to me, like maybe I don't know enough about it to have an opinion. I think people are so quick to say no because their mind tells them it's impossible. Rather than like truly feeling it out and seeing what your intuition has to say about it and like learning the facts, I don't know. I think it's so interesting to just follow my curiosity and to see where it leads. I'm so curious about different conspiracy theories. Um, What I will say about this is the term conspiracy theory was a term that was (laughs) developed by the CIA, I think it was in the 60s or 70s, to basically discredit anyone who didn't conform to like the societal prescribed way of thinking. Meaning if anyone was asking a question or like making a claim or questioning the system, they were labeled as a conspiracy theorist and automatically lost all credibility. People would just like roll their eyes at them. And so I think it's kind of even damaging to to use the term conspiracy theorist or conspiracy theories. I mean, I still use that term because people know what you're talking about, but I just think There's so much truth out there that we're unwilling to see because our minds are closed. Because our minds are like limited, puny minds can't fathom how something could be true. And so we discredit it. And so I'm not saying I believe in any or every conspiracy theory. I just am always committed to staying open-minded. Like I'm open-minded about everything. I think far too often we have not enough information to decide if something is true for us or not. And we immediately say like, no, that's crazy. When like, we don't know, like you don't have enough information to say like, yes or no, right? Like go do some digging if, if, if you're curious. Um, but don't say no, cause then you just stop, you stop yourself from progressing and learning. So 
my perspective is always maybe. Like maybe, maybe that could be true. Maybe Bigfoot is real. I don't know. I've never seen a Bigfoot. So like I can't say yes, but like a lot of people say that they've seen Bigfoot. So like, I don't know, maybe. I don't have enough information to say yes or no. Um, I mean, that's a silly one, Bigfoot, but like aliens, like whatever it is, like I don't have enough information. And like, I just want to stay open-minded and always progressing and always moving forward and our minds get in the way so much and keep us stuck. I'd rather be open-minded and have life seem very magical and fun than to be closed-minded and living in fear all the time. That's that's my perspective on that. You guys, I need to do a whole conspiracy theory episode because there's so much, like, there's so much, so much, so much. I've been down the rabbit hole so deep for so long learning about all of it. Um, Let's move on to a different question, though. I need to wrap this up. I feel like I've been talking for way too long Um, next question. I would love to hear your experience with how much juicing benefits the body and going vegan. Okay. So juicing to me feels like the quickest, most efficient way to get all of those nutrients to your body in a very fresh way. There's no way you could eat as much like produce because of all the fiber and everything that's in that piece of fruit or a vegetable. You couldn't eat that much. You would get so full. And juicing is such a brilliant way to extract those nutrients, those antioxidants from the fruit, from the vegetables, and get it to your body in a very deliverable way. Your body digests liquids so much more easily than it does solids. Like, it just does. So I started juicing, oh gosh, it's probably been three years since I started the medical medium protocol and doing celery juice every morning. And it like, I mean, this sounds like over the top, but it literally saved my body. Like my, I can't even, I should do a whole episode on that. How sick my body was, like how sick it was. And doing the celery juice every single day, it like completely rebuilt my digestive system. Like my hair had been like falling out. Like my body was so completely imbalanced. It was so imbalanced. I'd been on so many rounds of antibiotics And my system was shot. And so I started doing the celery juice and then I started doing the heavy metal detox smoothie. And now I really love doing the celery juice still. I'm not like super stressed about it if I don't get it in one day, but I like having it every single morning. And I really, really like juicing. Like I think it's fun. It's like this really beautiful part of my morning ritual when I can just like turn on music or a podcast and wash all of the produce and figure out different combinations of things because I don't use any recipes. I just make juice. Like I let my intuition guide me on that one. And I've noticed that it's like the most glow making food to eat. Like I can see it in my skin. My skin looks brighter and glowier and more vibrant. And I've noticed it in people who are juicers as well. Their skin just looks alive it looks so alive so I would just say like experiment with it see what happens um a lot of people are hung up on the fact they don't have a juicer I didn't have a juicer for like a year and I just used a blender and then strained it through a nut bag and I did that every single day I like juicing every single day because I like it to be fresh but I mean do what you can do I think anything is better than nothing um so yeah try it out if you can't do it with a blender, maybe get a juice from your local health food store. Just 
try to find one that's just all of the natural produce juice with nothing else added to it. Um, But yeah, I've loved it and will continue to do it for as long as my intuition says so. Um, And then the second part of that question is the benefits of going vegan. So I'm not vegan and like I don't I don't ever want people to think that I'm totally vegan. Even in my podcast where I talked about it, I said I'm just intuitive. I just eat intuitive. And so I think the beauty of being plant-based, I shouldn't say being plant-based, but eating plant-based is that to me it says what you eat is based in plants. And so if something else comes in, like like I said, like if you want to eat eggs or your body's telling you that it needs some, I don't know, animal protein, I think that any vegan would be like horrified if I said that. I just know that what I cling to is intuition. Intuition above everything intuition above everything. I've heard too many stories of vegans sacrificing their health to maintain the status of being a vegan. I think it's um, like this really, really important title to wear. So yeah, like I eat plant-based like 99.9% of my life. But I also know that like I don't want to cling to that. Like that's not a prized title for me to wear. And so I like eating a ton of plants. My body feels so freaking awesome on plants. But I also know there's been times where like I've dreamed, like my actual dreams were about eating like salmon or something like that. And like that's all I could think about. And so I figured that's my body telling me it needs something in that, right? And so you try to find the most sustainable source of that and like say a prayer of gratitude for the animal And then a listen to your intuition. I think vegans are very compassionate to animals and very judgmental to humans. And so I just want to be compassionate and intuitive always. And so I'm not vegan, but I am like, I eat a lot of plants, like 99.9% of my life. Um, That's just what I enjoy. But I also know that that label is very damaging. Okay, next question. Maybe this will be the last one because... I think this podcast has been a little bit longer. The question is, I keep getting pings from the universe, but I'm scared to take action. How do you deal with the fear? Oh, babe, you just got to do it. Like, you just got to do it. I think you won't know until you try and the fear will always be there until you challenge it. And once you do the thing that you're afraid of, I can't even tell you how empowering it is. And the more you do the things that you are afraid of, like the bigger your self-worth grows and the easier the things seem if you're constantly challenging the fear. Something that I tell myself all of the time is the only thing to fear is fear itself. And the fear of something is worse than the actual thing. Like, If you're afraid of something happening in your life, like the fear and the thinking process around that and the stress it brings to your body is actually worse than to say if that thing were to happen, you just deal with it. Like we we are constantly dealing with things that are not ideal, but we deal with them and they're not a big deal. We just, you deal with it when it gets there, but it doesn't do any good to dwell on it and think about it and cause unnecessary stress. You live something twice by thinking about it, right? Like you imagine it and then it happens. You just ended up living it twice. Like what's the point in that? But what I've noticed is that 
when I tell myself that the only thing to fear is fear itself and when you can get through the mental construct of why that thing is scary and just do it like it's so empowering I think all of the time I love to surprise myself and what I mean by that is my mind will start telling me why something is scary and in the middle of my mind like ha- like just babbling I'll just do the thing like make the call email the person jump off something like I don't know what it is but in the middle of my mind just like chattering about like why this is scary and and how people would judge me I feel like my like soul this like spark of crazy jumps in and it's like we're gonna do it right now and it almost surprises myself that I did the thing and it's exciting so I would say you never know you never know what's gonna happen if you just follow the ping and once you follow the ping and you see all of the magic that comes it's gonna give you so much more confidence that new pings will come like And it'll just start flowing and flowing and flowing and the magic never stops. It just gets bigger. I promise, do the thing that you're scared of. Just do it. Like do it, do it, do it, do it, do it and see what magic happens after. Just like take that first step into darkness. Take the first step into the unknown and then jump in, like take the leap, let your crazy out and let your crazy guide the way and then see what magic comes. I have a whole lesson in this actually in my um, abundance course. I'm all about like just doing the thing you're afraid of. Just do it, girl. See what magic happens. You guys, I'm going to end here. Hopefully this was fun and maybe next episode my answer won't have been wait anymore and maybe we'll have an interview up with someone magical you guys this was so fun i love reading your questions sorry i couldn't even get through a fraction of them i was so chatty today but i love you and i will see you next time and that's a wrap thank you so much for listening to the cafe binge podcast until next time may you notice all the wonderful beautiful binge-worthy parts of your day squeeze out every last drop taste them cherish them because life was meant to be beautiful find me at cafebinge.com or on instagram at cafe binge take me out to cafe binge tonight